This is Gridiron Graduates, a weekly podcast covering all things football. Episode number 57, The Calm Before the Storm, recorded January 19th, 2017. Hey, what's going on, guys? Gridiron Graduates hitting you guys back up. Bill Rossetti, Gabe Wharton here, bringing you the latest news and notes and all kinds of good stuff around the world of football. Hope you guys had a good week, enjoyed the games, and are getting ready for the final four. And it's crazy to think uh, how fast the season went and how we're already down to four teams. So uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little, it's always bittersweet at this time because there's only a couple games left, but uh, they're always exciting too. Ian Warren, of course, always my co-pilot here. What's going on, my man? How's things going? Hey, man, things are going well. Uh, surviving the torrential downpours here in Houston over the last couple of days. It's, uh, if you've never experienced Houston or at least southern rain, it's way different than like the Midwest and North where it's like it'll rain all day where here for the most part it'll just downpour for a little bit but it'll flood everything. So like the, nice. the drainage here is just terrible. So it's uh, yeah, it's really different here but um, things are good. Uh, don't really think too much is new outside of you know the football calendar continuing to progress. Um, so obviously that part of time where rumors are starting to kick up. We have a bunch of coaches that have landed in places. It seems like all of the openings have been filled with Kyle Shanahan uh, looking like a done deal to San Francisco once the Falcons either win the title or or are eliminated at some point. Um, so things are good, man. Just kind of moving along with the NFL calendar. Yeah, and like you said, uh, you know Kyle Shanahan looks like he's going to be the 49ers head coach. So uh, whenever, whenever the Falcons uh, either are eliminated or possibly win the Super Bowl, uh, looks like that's going to happen. So. Uh, and you know the, the I thought. I like the hire. Yes, I know that was me babbling quick, but uh, I definitely like the hire of Shanahan. You know, he's obviously got a. Uh, you know, we see his. We've seen his history. You know, for example, what he did with Johnny Manziel on that Browns offense, making them look pretty decent. So uh, it'll be exciting to see what he does with Colin Kaepernick or whoever the quarterback will be in San Francisco if they draft one, be it Mitch Trubisky or whoever. So uh, we'll kind of start with that quick, since that looks like that's going to happen so what do you think what's what's your thoughts on shanahan to san francisco yeah i'm a big fan of this hire um one because shanahan's a guy uh that you look at his strengths and his strengths are creating an offense around the playmakers that he's been given and this has led to some really interesting results we've seen him have success with like you said he's, he's found some success with johnny manzel despite the fact that he really didn't like manzel he didn't want manzel Going back to that draft class, he actually wanted Jimmy Garoppolo or Tom Savage. Those were the two guys that he liked. Um, not saying those were his number one. I'm not sure if that's the case, if those were his very top guys. But we do know that those were the guys that he liked uh, based off of things that have come out since then. Uh, he also was a guy that will feed your number one target. So we saw that with Tulio Jones. Uh, we saw in Houston when he was with his previous stop in Houston as well. Andre Johnson got a ton of targets. Um, 
He's also a guy that will build a running game, a consistent to explosive running game. Uh, he finds these running backs, not saying he found Devontae Freeman or Tevin Coleman. Those were two high picks, um, but he has maximized those two individuals in a very good combination. Um, he fixes offensive lines very well. Um, I think he is a fantastic coach. I think the thing that comes with him is that he's a little bit different as far as his personality. And I think that's kind of what led him to wait a little bit longer uh, than maybe most people thought for a head coaching job. I, I know I was pounding the door for him last year. I wanted uh, the Dolphins to hire him, even though it seemed like he had a down year last year. Um, with the, with the uh, Falcons, I thought that that was more of uh, what had happened with a couple other, other players being injured. Um, also, not only injuries, but uh, Matt Ryan just not really playing too well. And this year, it's all kind of come together and clicked. And so you look at his fit with the 49ers, you would say, okay, well, their offensive line has some good pieces. But outside of that, you've got a little bit of inconsistency at running back because Carlos Hyde's been banged up. So you're probably going to have to add a running back to the mix. You're definitely going to have to add a quarterback. Um, he might be able to make do a little bit with Colin Kaepernick, but Kaepernick's a bottom-tier starter in the NFL. I don't think he's a guy that you can um, rely on without great weapons around him. Offensively, I think he could do good things for Kaepernick, but I just think that that's a bridge that's probably been burned, and he's going to probably try to go somewhere else, compete for a starting job elsewhere. And I think that's the right move for both parties. Um, looking at their wide receivers, they need help at wide receiver as well. They need a number one. They need probably a number two wide receiver as well. Uh, so, that, you know, this is a major project. It's a little bit surprising he would jump into this role unless if he got quite a bit of personnel said, said, uh, say. And I think that he will because it sounds like he's going to be able um, to get the GM of his choice. And so that's definitely a positive. You want to be able for him to work with the guy he's very comfortable with and have those two guys on the same page. Uh, so for him, I think that priority number one is going to be uh, getting that quarterback by whatever means possible, whether it's Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins is another guy. I wouldn't be surprised if they make a run at. Uh, you know, Do they trade the number two pick for Kirk Cousins? You know, Is, is that something that is feasible? Um, I don't think that that would really fit their timeline personally, because that adds a big pressure to win right away. Kirk Cousins is already getting a little bit, he's not old per se. I don't want it to come off like that, but picture this, you know, he is 28 years old. He'll be 29 uh, this summer. Does that really fit with the 49ers winning schedule? I don't think so. You're probably saying Cousins, Cousins is going to help them win. But he might help them get to like six wins, six, seven wins. Uh, I don't think he's a guy that can consistently get ten wins a season. He's not one of those transcendent type of quarterbacks um, that can just carry a, a poor team to a winning record. Those guys are very, very, very difficult to find. There's maybe only just a few handful in the NFL right now. So, you know, looking at his options, you're probably saying, well, it's probably Jimmy Garoppolo. Or it's probably maybe Tyrod Taylor, or it's the draft. And Garoppolo and Tyrod are going to bring a heightened sense of urgency to the franchise. 
I don't think he should do that to himself, to be honest. I, I think it's smarter. It's not the best as far as draft capital. You'd rather find, probably rather go get a quarterback um, that doesn't quite cost the number two pick in the draft. But that's where they sit, and I think that they're going to get the choice of their quarterbacks at number two. I think Mitch Trubisky makes a lot of sense for them in that sense. Um, Trubisky's not my number one quarterback this year, but my number one through four are all pretty similar as far as grades. I think it's just a matter of style, whichever one that you want to build your ideal offense around. Trubisky, to me, is like a less refined Matt Ryan out of college. Um, He's a good passer. He's got a good arm. can make every throw that you want. Doesn't have a great arm strength, but he does have good arm strength. He's very accurate uh, despite that to all levels. He can make any throw that you need him to make. I think that that will continue to improve in the NFL, too. I think he's going to improve his core strength. I think he's going to become a guy that can be an above-average quarterback in the NFL, especially with a guy like Shanahan who's going to play to his strengths. Um, He's going to get that ball out quickly. He's going to improve, I think, over time as well. He might struggle early on, of course. He only has one year starting college experience, uh, let alone NFL experience. So I, I do expect some hiccups from him. I don't think he'll be the best out of the gate. I don't know that he'll be the best over the next four years. But I still think he can be a good, above-average starting quarterback. And that's really what matters, especially for a franchise that is probably going to be looking to do what the Falcons did, which is build a great surrounding cast around him. Uh, That, to me, is a smart and probably a safer bet than trying to just hit the home run at quarterback, um, at least in this situation, because you're not looking for a guy who's going to transcend the scheme. I'm not sure that there is a quarterback this year that can transcend the scheme. Um, so for me, I, I love this hire from Shanahan. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. I hope he does well, just because I'm such a fan of him as a as an X's and O's guy. Uh, but he's definitely biting off a big a big piece of the puzzle to try to chew off. Good stuff. Uh, so let's kind of go on the field now and kind of talk about what what's been happening. Obviously, we're knee deep into the playoffs now. Uh, like I said, the Tom show, we're down to the final four, which is just crazy to think. And what a final four it's going to be. Let's start with the Falcons. They uh, knocked off the Seahawks 36-20 to and looked, looked pretty darn good doing it, too. Um, you know, Matt, Matt Ryan and that Falcons offense were just their usual selves. Ryan, 26-37 for 338, three touchdowns. Devontae Freeman rushed for a touchdown. Um, just a, an outstanding performance again by the Falcons. And, boy, the, the, this team just looks really legit. And, yeah. you know, with it's really cr- crazy to think that at the start of the season, like when we were talking – you know, making our picks and whatnot, we really didn't even talk about the Falcons much. You know, all the talk in the South was obviously the Panthers coming off the Super Bowl season, and then the Bucks. You know, obviously I was pretty high on the Bucks, and, you know, they did nearly make the playoffs, but we didn't talk a whole lot about the Falcons, and now here they are playing for the NFC Championship after a very convincing performance against the Seahawks. Now, again, you know, the Seahawks obviously... We're hurting a little bit, but the Seahawks just weren't their usual selves for the last, even say, couple months of the season. But boy, these and 
you know, there was talk, a lot of people said, don't sleep on the Falcons, and, you know, for good measure, this this offense is clicking, the defense is clicking, you know, guys like Vic Beasley have really turned it on this season, uh, the secondary's been playing well, it's just, every, everything has really come together for the Falcons, and they definitely have a very legit chance to be playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I definitely agree. They're playing the best football at the best time of the year. And sort of in spite of not having a terrific defense and they're without Desmond Trufant, um, but he's not necessarily been a guy that's broken their back being out, which is really surprising. Um, you know, the unit has played fast, and they're compensating for some of the talent deficiencies that they have on defense. And what we couldn't account for is Matt Ryan turning back the clock a couple years and looking better than he has in the last four years. Um, That's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know if it was injuries. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's just, he just looks that bad with a bad supporting cast or like an average supporting cast, but he looks great with a really good supporting cast. So, you know, that's congratulations to him. He had a fantastic season. He might win the MVP. Um, He wouldn't be my MVP, but you know what? I'm not going to complain if he wins it. So, you know, I, I I love watching this team. I think that they might be the Super Bowl favorite right now, which sounds which might sound crazy. And they could lose this week absolutely because they've got a really tough matchup against Aaron Rodgers, who's just playing uh, out of his mind once again. But the Falcons, they're they're so deep with talent on offense, and they're clicking perfectly. Shanahan's just been on fire with his play calling. Um, the defense, you know, like I said, Deion Jones, Keanu Neal, Vic Beasley, all these young players are playing really, really well, like you mentioned, too. Um, so, you know, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see how they perform on the big stage. They're who I'm rooting for as a non-fan of any of the teams left. Uh, I want to see a franchise that hasn't won a Super Bowl in quite a while uh, to be able to get there and, and, you know, stamp their name in history. Because, you know, the three other teams are basically the dynasty teams. And so, you know, it'd be nice to get a fresh face in the, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, it's interesting you brought up the MVP talk. Um, you know, it's really starting to look like Matt Ryan will be the MVP. I mean, seemingly every um, all-pro or best quarterback, things like that, have been Matt Ryan. You know, he was... He was named the top quarterback on the All-Pro team. He was just named, um, you know, to the first team on the All-Pro Football Writers team. He was named MVP by the Pro Football Writers. So, um, unless the AP kind of has a change of heart, and obviously I think the voting's already done, but unless they had a change of heart after the All-Pro, Ryan's probably going to be the MVP. And, um, you know, he, he would have had my vote, so I, I definitely don't have a problem with that. But, um, you know, you could obviously make an argument for Rodgers or Brady. I even threw Le'Veon Bell and uh, David Johnson in the mix, too. You know, yeah. But, you know, run, running backs don't necessarily get love when it comes to MVP voting. But if they did, you, you got to make a case for Bell and... David Johnson, especially more David Johnson, I think, too, because he was really the catalyst of that Cardinals offense. And without him, 
they're nowhere near, you know, even with this poor of a season they had, they might have even not have even gotten to that point without David Johnson and how well he played. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's, it's a really good crop of, of, te- of guys this year that just had phenomenal seasons, and it was really like the return of the running back. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I, I just – I personally would go with Rodgers. I, I just think he's – and it's hard because we all define the award differently. For me, um, I, I, I weigh heavily the best player. You know, I, I think the best player means something, um, whether fair or not. That's why I thought, you know, like LeBron James, it's hard to give MVP to someone that's not LeBron James because LeBron James is always the best player. Um, so, you know, you can make that same argument, but you can also make the same argument that Matt Ryan just maybe played a little bit better. I, I don't know. So I respect I respect where anyone can finish on that because, like you said, some of the running backs too. Le'Veon Bell was unstoppable. David Johnson, unstoppable. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, incredible season. Uh, Dak Prescott, you could probably talk about. Like I wouldn't. Again, I probably wouldn't uh, vote for Dak here. That you know, just because the other crop. But you know, I, I just I'm interested to see how this game plays out. And of course, it is a regular season award, but it's gonna be interesting because depending on who wins it, if the other quarterback helps lead his team to victory in this game, it'll be interesting to see how exactly that narrative goes. Yeah, for sure. It's always interesting when, you know, it would it, it would be something if they did include playoffs as far as um you know the MVP voting and that, but um, you know it is what it is. Let's go ahead and talk about the Falcons' opponent on Sunday, and that's the Green Bay Packers who continue to run the table. You know, it's they still have not lost since Aaron Rodgers said they would run the table, and that included a 34-31 win over the number one seed Dallas Cowboys, who, boy, you got to feel for them a bit. They had such a magical season, you know, Dak playing outstanding, Zeke having, obviously, uh, historic rookie season but it comes to a crashing halt and what a way for the game what a finish to that game though oh my goodness between um you know Crosby making that first clutch kick and then to give the the Packers a three-point lead and then the Cowboys driving the field and then of course that spike on first down that got everyone talking but they still got the field goal tied at the 31 and then Rodgers with just the craziest throw and a crazy catch by Jared Cook to set up Crosby's game-winning field goal. Wow. What what, what a game. You know, could be game of the game of the year potentially. Yeah, absolutely. Like you're not kidding. I mean, that throw at the end of the game, like one, he had an absolute dime to Cook the play before too, on the out route, but it gets dropped by Cook. Of course, 
Uh, now, it's tight coverage, don't get me wrong, but it's just kind of funny how that happens. And then the next play, he makes that absolutely incredible catch on the sideline, and the throw was as insane as the catch. So it's just it's one of those situations where it's just like, how do you stop that? And the answer is you don't. You don't stop that. Like, there's nothing you can do defensively. You can question the Cowboys not running out the clock more effectively before they scored, specifically the QB spike. But you know what, though? It's fair to say that just because the results. And yeah, Aaron Rodgers with 34 seconds left on the clock is too much time. But you have to do what you have to do to get those points. You know, it. I think it's overthinking it a little bit and playing the results just a little bit too much. They did the right thing at the time, which was worrying about getting the points on the board, tying this game up, giving their defense a chance to stop Aaron Rodgers. You have to be focused on getting that field goal first. Ideally, yeah, you would have taken that field goal as time expired. But was that the reason they lost? No, that wasn't. They could have been more competitive in the first half. Um, they could have out-executed Green Bay on defensively the last two drives that Green Bay got two field goals. So it's it's tough to it's I think it's tough to go back just to that one drive and question them for that. But you know, great performance by Dallas overall. Uh, their their future is very bright. They need to add a lot of defensive talent. They need to possibly add one, maybe two cornerbacks to that roster. Um, one, maybe two pass rushers. Um, maybe another linebacker, and maybe even a safety for depth. So they need guys on every level of that defense to varying degrees. Um, not every, not every you know one is going. Every need is going to be the exact same um, necessarily. But you know, I'm I'm really interested in seeing how they address that defense with some free agents this off season. But you know, props to them on a great season, and and Green Bay also for um, playing a heck of a game despite their de- defense not really holding together in the second half. Yeah, and I agree. Like, you know, with the whole spike thing, it was like, um, you're right. I I think it was because of the result that people are kind of going back and saying, why did they do that? I mean, they they got what they needed, which was, um, you know, the points on the board. They tied it up. And, yeah, question the the coverage on that last play all you want. You know, it, it's just an insane catch. You're not going to, like you said, you, you just can't stop. There's not there's nothing you can do there. There's absolutely nothing you can do. You know, being down 21 to 3 certainly didn't help. And um, that really was kind of the killer right there. Like, yeah, obviously they came back and made it a game, but... You know, you don't. If they're not down that big of a hole early on, this is a, very well a, a different game. Yeah, but, and they did really well to come back. You know, to, to be able to come back like that, it showed a lot of their character because that game could have gotten out of hand very quickly, and it seemed like it was out of hand. Yeah, for sure. So, looking ahead to that game on Sunday. Boy, are fireworks going to be flying in that one. That is going to be so much fun. You know, between uh, 
you know, with all the points going to be scored, and it, it, it's going to be fun to watch. It, simply put, you know, there's no, there's no other way to put it. It's going to be a fun game to watch, and a lot of points are going to be scored. Oh, absolutely, and the thing is, is I think Vegas has this game as the highest over/under total for a championship game ever. I think that it's like 60 points or something as like the over/under. So let's play this the smart way. Not that I'm a betting man, but I would guess on this game, if Vegas says it's going to be super high scoring, they might get you, and it might not be a high scoring game. Although on paper, it's easy to say that it will be because, I mean, I don't know how either of these defense get too many stops. It's just, it's too much offensive firepower for both teams, I think. But sometimes those games end up going the other way. Yeah, it should be, should be fun for sure. Um, and I know some, some uh, people have talked about one specific positional matchup, and that was Julio Jones against one of the corners uh, for Green Bay. I forget, I forget offhand which one they were talking, but I know people are saying it could be... Uh, one. I know Ian Kenyon's tweet stood out to me because, because he said it's going to be a bloodbath. Um, like, like I said, I can't remember offhand which corner it was. It may have been, you know, honestly, it could have been either one, Ladarius Gunther, or um, uh, it could have been also Demarius Randall. Because I, I both think of they were them, talking about Gunther, yeah. Yeah, because Gunther especially, he's so slow. Um, both of those corners are, are honestly terrible. And I hate to say that. I, I really don't like saying stuff like that. But having charted these guys all season long... They are consistently getting beat. They're consistently losing at the catch point, And they are consistently just totally unaware of the situation. Um, and some of it's not really their fault. Like, Demarius Randall only played one year of cornerback, and then he was a s- strong safety in college. Like, Ladarius Gunter is a 4-7 runner. And he, and like, athletically, outside of the 40, literally was in, like, the fifth percentile for all of his athletic tests or worse he's a horrible athlete in terms of nfl cornerbacks like these guys have no business being out there um you know sam shields with his concussion issue is unfortunately out and they need him so badly Uh, quentin rollins has not progressed as expected they just they're a mess in that secondary like mika hyde is their best corner and he's a safety and he's a slot guy and he's been getting destroyed most of the time this season. He had his best game of the year actually last week, oddly enough. And so, you know, it's just a really tough task because Shanahan, he's going to get the most out of Taylor Gabriel and Julio Jones and Sanu's been playing okay this year. So it's just, it's, it's going to be an, almost an impossible task for them. They're going to need season best performances from that handful of guys. Shoot on over to the, uh, to the AFC, the Patriots it took a while, but uh, eventually they did take care of business against the Texans, 34-16. But uh, 
you know, something because Brady threw two interceptions and obviously that first half didn't quite go as planned. And I know a lot of the betters were worried because, you know, the Patriots had 16-point spread and they were nowhere near covering it. But they pulled away in the second half as Brady throws for 287 and two touchdowns. Julian Edelman, eight catches, a buck 37. Chris Hogan almost gets 100 yards as well. So, um, first, let's just say, uh, mercifully, the Texans' season is over and they can start thinking about a new quarterback again because clearly the uh, $18 million a year they gave to Brock Osweiler turned out to be one of the worst contracts in NFL history, and they definitely have a need a quarterback. And I believe I saw I, I I'm not sure whose mock draft it was, but I saw somewhere that um, someone had actually mocked Deshaun Watson to the Texans at 25, which would be uh, that would be something to watch for sure. If, if that I, I mean I don't I don't know if that's gonna happen, you know. With the way Watson's stock seems to be rising again, who knows if he's going to last that long? But um, you know, and obviously that's the thing with mock drafts—it gets people talking like we are now. So um, you know, speculation is always fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, actually, I don't—I don't look at a ton of different analysis. Um, you know, too early. You know, I like to, I do like to glance at some of the mock drafts, though. I try to not let them affect my own rankings and, and stuff like that. But I do think that they are interesting just to see different perspective on guys. I, I think that it's okay, even if we disagree on some guys, to, to look at, you know, other evaluations. And then maybe it makes you think a little bit harder about your own evaluations and maybe double check and say, you know, did I, did I really interpret that the right way? Or, you know, do I need to double check that? Sometimes that's okay to do. And uh, that's that's really a good function for mock drafts, and especially as we get closer to draft time. Um, if you're into predicting the draft, which personally I'm not, um, if you're interested in doing that, teams tend to leak stuff um, closer to, and then it's about finding the right person that accurately kind of sifts through the information. It's impossible to get it right all of it right, but I think that you can get a pretty educated look at how a team wants to attack their draft. Whether they pick a, that position in the first round or second or maybe third round, generally speaking, I think most big draft media analysts um, are plugged in and do do a pretty decent job of predicting the draft. As far as the Patriots go... Um you know, it's old hat once again, Brady back in the AFC Championship, and playing at home again, and certainly have a legit chance, obviously, to uh, to get back to the Super Bowl, but it's going to be, that, that's going to be another really good game. I, I think we're in for a fantastic Sunday, because the Patriots against the Steelers, Brady against Roethlisberger, you know, just, what what more can you ask for? I, I think that's going to be a, a fantastic game. Oh, well, we obviously didn't almost didn't have it, you know, with how the offense kind of struggled for the Steelers. But well, that was more credit to of the Chiefs' defense, and you know, Ben don't break. You know, every yeah. time the Steelers got close, the Chiefs just kind of shut them down and only held them to three points. Unfortunately, the Chiefs couldn't put up enough points of their own, and then of course, 
the two-point conversion where they got, get called for the penalty and takes the two points off the board. And that was the right call. I mean, you look at the replay, you have to make that call. You know, it's, I understand Chiefs fans are upset and trying to, you know, swing the argument in their direction, but yeah, you got to call it. And I'm, yeah, and the thing is, is it was a blatant hold, and I don't think there was. I honestly don't think you can just swallow your whistle on that play. I mean, Harrison, I thought was going to get to Alex Smith on that play. So you know, if the argument is, well, it wouldn't even have affected the play, or we don't know that it would have. We also know don't know that it wouldn't have. Like I, I think a penalty is a penalty now. If it's pass interference and it's the complete opposite side of the field and the QB never even looks that direction, okay, maybe. Um, same with like a hold or you can let some of that stuff go. But in a play like that, you don't know how long Alex Smith's going to hold that ball. And you certainly don't have much time to think about it. Like you... I, I don't like playing the result of the play. And you see that a lot more in the NBA and the NFL. But, you know, you'll see it where, okay, well, the receiver didn't catch this ball. So now we're going to call pass interference. That doesn't make sense to me. It's it's either the penalty or it's not. We shouldn't be bailing out the offense every, at every chance. And I thought that's what happened. Um, or, you know, I don't think that's what happened here. I think that they 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 did the right thing and they called the hold because it was a blatant hold. I liked Kelsey's comments after the game too, saying, you know, oh, he shouldn't be working at Foot Locker or something like that. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. (laughs) Of course, the best part of that is we're now talking about the Super Bowl referee. Yeah, right. (laughs) So, I um, guess he got a bit of a promotion from Foot Locker. <laughs> I suppose so, yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, again, as, as far as this game on Sunday goes, um, I don't know, man. It, it's a coin flip for me, honestly. You know, it, it could go either way. I, I'm picking New England to win, and, you know, I'm, I'm picking Atlanta to win in the NFC as well. I'm going to pick the two home teams, but. Boy, it um, it can go either way. Pittsburgh could definitely go in there, and you know, just kind of take control. You know, yeah, you can make the whole oh, if they play like they did against the Chiefs argument, they'll lose. Well, they're not going to play the way they did against the Chiefs. It's going to be a different ball game, right? And you know, I, I really think I think they have a legit shot. And it just I, I don't know. It, it's just Oh, I do too. I do too because they're the one team that can handle the Patriots offensively. Um, in terms of the the Steelers' offense, like you could argue that the Steelers' offense is actually better than the Patriots' offense, um, at least in terms of like explosiveness and and you know as good as Legarrette Blunt has played this year. If the Steelers take away Legarrette Blunt, their game's a lot easier without Rob Gronkowski in there. There's actually a path to stopping the Patriots' offense. Blunt killed. Blunt and Gronkowski destroyed the Steelers in their earlier matchup this season. Um, And one of those factors is gone. 
you know, with Gronkowski off the board, now the Steelers, they can play a little bit more aggressively in their secondary as they have in the second half of the season because their, their young secondary has been improving throughout the season. And you can play a little bit more press outside and be a little bit more aggressive coming downhill. Um, and then now you can you can worry a little bit more about LeGarrette Blunt. If you can take away LeGarrette Blunt and don't allow him to get 124 yards again, then guess what? It's a whole lot of an easier battle because then you're just trying to pressure uh, Tom Brady, which is not easy, but it is more realistic to as a game plan than just going in blindly and saying, well, we have to stop LeGarrette Blunt and worry about Tom Brady going down the middle to a Hall of Fame level tight end. I'll have to mention this though, quick too, since we're talking tight ends. My boy Jesse James out of Penn State, um, really coming on, has really come on strong of late. You know, in uh, not necessarily in the absence of the Darius Green, but um, you know, with the concussions Green has has had, James has needed to step up. So, um, you know, big, big props, props to him. Glad to see he's doing well. So, what do you think, man? Who's playing in Houston? I'm going to go with Pittsburgh and Atlanta. And I have very little confidence in both of those picks. I could easily <laughs> I could yep. easily see any combination. I just I think these teams even cross divisionally, I think are very evenly matched. Um, the Patriots have the best defense of the bunch. Um, and I'd probably say the only above average uh, defense left. And Pittsburgh probably has the probably has the best offense. Um, but it's 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 narrow. It's a narrow margin. Um, selfishly, I would love to see one of the NFC teams win the title because I love Aaron Rodgers. And so I'd, I'd love to see him compete and to play really, really well enough to win a Super Bowl because I think he'll have to play at an amazing level, which we know that he's confident of. Um, so, it, you know, I'm going to go with those two, but if you told me it was the exact opposite, then I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I really wouldn't be. Yeah, I honestly think any one of the four pl- possible matchups that it could be it could very well be like both games are going to be that close. I think it can really be a coin flip. You know, like I said, I think I'm picking New England Atlanta. I would not be surprised if it's Green Bay Pittsburgh. You know, <laughs> I, I'm with you, man. I, I feel the same way. I'm like, I'm making these picks with like no confidence. You know, if if this was like, um, if we were ranking these with like the college football with like all the bowl games with those confidence confidence points, this would probably be a one for me. <laughs> mm. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun though. Like I'm, and, and like I said, it, it's bittersweet, but it's, it, it's always fun getting this deep, but it's, it's just always amazing how fast these seasons go. I mean, we only have, Three meaningful games left. It's crazy. Like, it, it feels like just yesterday we we're sitting well, here in the preseason. And don't forget either, we also have 
the Pro Bowl as well. So wow. you know, we, we technically have four. Te- yeah, technically. <laughs> oh wait, that's, that's right. Three that, meaningful games. That's right. It, it doesn't determine home field advantage. So thank, that's well, right. <laughs> thank God baseball is doing away with that. Yeah. <laughs> thank that was the worst. That that was one of the worst things in all of sports. Was baseball's all star game determining home field in the World Series? Thank God they've decided to get rid of that. That's all I have to say. Mm. But I did see. I, I think they're doing some kind of skills competition again this season, or sort of. Yeah, yeah, they're introducing some sort of skills competition. So that'll be really fun. Um, I'm really excited to see that, just because uh, I think that used to be one of the the best part growing up. Is we used to see these guys do some some cool skills competitions. They're not quite the same as what I think that we would expect or what they did when we were growing up, mm-hmm. uh, like speed competitions. I'm not sure of exactly what they are yet, but they're a whole lot more interesting than the game itself. Because to be honest, I haven't watched the game in three or four years. Yeah, it's been a while for me as well. You know, I, I, because I never really got into the whole, you know, when they did the, uh, the captains and the mixing of teams. And I never really got into it, and I'm sure the players didn't either, because you know you'd have guys that are normally on the same team. Now all of a sudden, for for the Pro Bowl, they're on different teams. It's like, okay, does say I don't know, just just as an example, would would Von Miller want to go up against um, Trevor Simeon or something like that, or say like Ch- Chandler Jones up up against Tom Brady? Mm. You know, like how. It, it was never. It, it just seemed odd, with with the way they did that. I mean, yeah, the game seemed more, more competitive. But like I said, I I wouldn't know much because I didn't really watch them. Mm. But um, you know, maybe maybe now that they're back to the AFC NFC format, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm interested in the skills competition. The game itself, I don't think they're going to be able to add much interest oh, yeah. to it. But, you know, but we'll see. Yeah, the fact that they're doing like some kind of skills competition, I think, is certainly, certainly, because when I saw like the promo for that, the one day I was like, ooh, the skills competition, that's pretty cool. And they said they brought that back, so something to look forward to, I guess, something to help during the. Uh, you know, the week off between conference championship and Super Bowl. Which, man, it's hard to think when we talk next week, we'll be talking Super Bowl. Yeah. Previewing yeah. Super Bowl 51. It, it's pretty awesome. Um, really looking forward to, to seeing this. I, I think it's such a great group of teams that we've got left here and, and a lot of stars. Um, so it's going to be really fun. I, I, I would love to not see the Patriots in it again. Just because <laughs> so tired of the Patriots. Um, but hey, I mean, it should be a great game, no matter who makes the, the Super Bowl. And it should be a great two games this weekend, too. Absolutely. Yeah, we're in for a great Super Bowl no matter what. Now, down your way, I don't think it's going to be, it wouldn't be as bad if the Steelers win. But up this way, oh boy. I get to hear all about it for two whole weeks from all the Steelers fans around here. <laughs> it is going to be 
if they win on Sunday, my Facebook will be flooded with posts. Oh, oh, I'm sure. Because you know, naturally, I'm in a pretty pro Steelers area, even yeah. on the eastern side of PA. It's still there's a lot of Steelers fans in this area. So if they win on Sunday, I'll be uh, I'll be swimming in a sea of black and gold, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, and so so it may be, and so it may be, but at least it's not too, uh, at least it's not too much different for you. I mean, they've been so successful over the last several decades, really. I mean, you know, it is what it is. I'm sure, I'm sure you're used to it. I mean, I remember being in Ohio, and a lot of folks were Steeler fans in Ohio too. So, it is what it is, I guess. And nothing against you know all my Steelers fans, friends, of course. You know, they're all, they're all great people. It's it's always fun to see the the fanhood, so you know it'll, it'll be good for them, and um, you know it'll be fun. And yep. of course, we have Lady Gaga to look forward to as well. Yeah, I mean it should be it should be interesting. I like Lady Gaga, so it should be should be oh, fun. I'm excited for this as well too, and I'm sure yeah. you know the week of the Super Bowl we'll do like we did last year, take some prop bets, but. Uh, yeah, because, well, she did the National Anthem last year, and she obviously was oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, she killed it. So now, now she'll have the stage to herself during halftime, and it sounds like she will have the stage to herself. You know, the, the reports are that she's not going to have anybody with her. It's going to be all her, which is fine by me. You know, mm. let her sing all her, all her songs. Um, I like that. I'm a fan of a lot of her songs. Bad Romance, Telephone, Alejandro... Paparazzi, Poker Face, all, all kinds of good songs. So it, it's going to be a good show, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally with you. Um, but yeah, so I think, that's a, I think that's a pretty good place to stop there. You know, we got about 45 minutes in of NFL talk. I think that's, uh, that's pretty good. So, you know. Anything else on your mind or any final thoughts? Um, I don't think so. Um, thanks again for everyone for listening. Um, just continuing to grind away on my draft guide, getting positions knocked out. Uh, I think I've got 7 out of 10 quarterbacks done. I'll continue to chart those videos as I continue to get them um, to add to the draft guide. Safeties I've got about halfway done, kind of jumping around a little bit. So I've really just got hoping to get about 100 and. 30 or 140 more prospects in there about 60 or so done so things are going really well with it but um yeah i'll get more information out there eventually on that too yeah and for sure you know be on the lookout for uh for that so should be you know definitely looking forward to his draft guide coming out so i think with that we'll uh We'll wrap things up here. So again, and uh, you know, like Ian said, we definitely appreciate you guys checking us out and listening to us and enjoying. So um, you know, enjoy the games this weekend. And like I said, when we come back next week, we'll start talking Super Bowl. So get ready, get fired up, and uh, it'll be a good time. So so until. Next time, for Ian Warren, I'm Bill Rossetti. Thanks, as always, for listening, 
and until next time, take care, my friends.